Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. When the Church Prays, that's the name of this brand new series which we began last week. We're going to look at some of the incredible things that happen when the church comes together to pray. There are many examples of what happens when the people of God come together to pray in the Bible. We see story after story of powerful things happening, how God responds in power to pray. Last week we saw that when the church prays, the church is changed. God moves in and through the church. God empowers his people, encourages his people and they become new people as they seek his face together. And today we're going to look at the second thing that happens when the church prays. And again, we're going to be basing ourselves in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we see that these are the events following the death, the resurrection and the ascension of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We see the birth of the early church, of the first church. We see how the church was born. And today we're going to continue looking at this story of after the church began to pray. And this is what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 37 to 40. It says, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles brothers what should we do peter replied each of you must repent of your sins and turn to god and be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins then you will receive the gift of the holy spirit the promise is to you to your children and to those far away all who have been called by the lord our god then peter continued preaching for a long time strongly urging all his listeners save yourselves from this crooked generation i wonder have you ever found yourself in a situation where you've been put on the spot where you've had to do something or say something maybe it was in school when the teacher would ask you for the answer to a question that maybe you didn't listen to i know that happened to me on many occasions i was distracted by other things but maybe you've had that happen to you Maybe it's in a, week, uh, in a meeting in the workplace where your boss has asked you for your opinion on something or maybe you've had to, to make a decision on something and you've just been put on the spot. Or maybe you're watching this and maybe you're a Christian and maybe you've been put on the spot with regards to your faith. Maybe somebody has asked you about why you believe in Jesus or why you are a Christian. You know, there have been a few occasions where I've been put on the spot and it's been quite an awkward situation. I remember once I was out for a meal with some friends who were also Christians and we had a great time. It was great just chatting together, enjoying each other's company. It was a great meal as well from what I can remember. And the dessert, we had just finished the dessert and the waitress came over and we asked for the bill. And then when she came back over, I remember that my friend turned to me and said, before we pay the bill, Luke, is this something that you would like to ask the waitress? And I remember just looking at him and it was like a rabbit. In, I was like a rabbit in the headlights. I was completely frozen. I knew exactly what he was asking me to do. He said, are you sure this? I'm sure you said there was something that, that you'd like to ask her about church tonight. I knew that he wanted me to, to invite this waitress to church and also maybe to share a little bit about the gospel. But I remember being in that moment and just completely frozen. And I'm one of those people that when I get put on the spot or when somebody asks me something and I get a little bit embarrassed, I start going red in the face. And it's quite easy to tell when I'm going, when I feel embarrassed about something because I get red in the face, I get hotter and hotter. And in this moment, I thought that my heart was going to burst out of my chest. 
And I remember it just being an awkward silence. Everybody, all my friends were looking at me at this moment. And I think it was about 30 seconds or so that I just remained silent for, but it seemed like forever. I didn't say anything. And then my friend who had asked me this question, he said to the waitress, I think what Luke is trying to, was going to ask you was, would you like to come to church tonight? And then he went on to proceed to share a little bit about how he came to know Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. He shared the gospel. It was very simple, very basic, very quick, but he went on to share the gospel. But I just remember freezing up in this moment where I had to share about my faith and, and ask somebody to come along to church. You know, even your pastor, look, even the pastor of Gateway Church gets sometimes afraid about sharing about Jesus. But if we're being honest, we all can get afraid sometimes. We can all struggle to share about Jesus with those around us. It can be quite difficult, you know, and, and maybe you felt like that. Maybe you're watching this today and, and maybe you aren't a Christian, but you've had one of those awkward situations and you've had one of those awkward conversations and where somebody starts telling you about their faith in Jesus and you want to do everything you can to avoid that, to run away, to cut that conversation dead. It can be awkward for you. But maybe you're watching this today and, and maybe you're a Christian and you found it awkward as well. You find it difficult to share about your faith. And maybe there are a few different reasons for why you find it difficult. I know there are sometimes for me as well. I've, I've shared about Jesus many, many times to many different people. But there are those few occasions where it's difficult, where it's hard. And particularly when I was growing up, when I was younger, I used to find it hard to tell my friends in school about Jesus. Maybe you find that difficult as well because you're afraid of what they might say to you or might, uh, how they might react to, to you sharing about your faith. You're afraid maybe that, that maybe the people that you're going to share with, maybe they won't respond to the gospel and maybe they won't accept Jesus. Maybe you're afraid about failure. Maybe you're afraid about your, your workmates or your schoolmates or even your family members. Maybe you're afraid that they'll turn against you and they won't like you and you fall out of relationship with them. Maybe you're afraid of damaging your relationship with those family members and friends. Maybe you're afraid to tell people about Jesus. Maybe it's because... You're afraid that, that you don't know too much about the gospel. Maybe you're you know, not sure exactly what to share or how to share it with other people. You know, it can be difficult. It can be frightening. And maybe, like I said, you're afraid of, you know, maybe you don't really know what the gospel is and how you could share it with other people. Maybe you think that actually the job about sharing Jesus with other people and the good news and the gospel with other people, maybe that's just the job for a pastor or maybe that's just the job for somebody who's involved in church leadership that's not involved for everybody else or for other christians that's specifically the job for the pastor or the church leader you know but i really believe with all my heart that this is a responsibility this is the call of god not just for one person not for the pastor this is the call of god for every single follower of jesus and you know i'm so glad that when we come to the bible and we look at what the bible shows us I'm so glad that God doesn't leave us on our own to try and figure out how we can tell people or, you know, to bring up this conversation because it's hard to bring up sometimes, you know, hard to bring up this type of conversation in, in everyday conversation. But, you know, I'm so glad that God doesn't leave us feeling awkward or on our own. But actually, when we read the Bible, we discover that God comes and he helps us. He gives us everything we need to share about him to those who don't know him. And that's what we see in today's Bible passage. I'm going to read it once again. Acts 2, verse 37 to 41. Listen to what it says. It says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? 
Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is to you, to your children and to those who are uh, to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. You know, last week we began this series and we've seen that the disciples, they were in Jerusalem. They'd obeyed the commandment of Jesus before he ascended into heaven and they went to Jerusalem to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. But actually, as we begin to read this, we see that the disciples, they were afraid and they were hiding away in the upper room and they were afraid that they would be persecuted for being followers of Jesus. We know what that's like. We're afraid to share about Jesus. And so were these followers. They were afraid they were going to be arrested and, and persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. And so they were hiding away in this upper room. They were terrified about being known and associated with Jesus but then the Bible tells us that they weren't just sitting there twiddling their thumbs, waiting for the Holy Spirit, which they knew really very little about. But actually, the Bible tells us they were praying. They were calling upon God. They were seeking God's face. I'm sure they were crying out to God for courage and for the Holy Spirit to come and for God's direction in moving forward as a people. And they began to pray. And last week we see them that when they began to pray, God poured out his spirit upon them. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other languages. And the Bible says they were empowered to become witnesses for Jesus. And I love what happens next. These people, these believers who were afraid to, to tell people about Jesus, when they begin to pray, the Holy Spirit comes. They have this new boldness. They have this new power. And then Peter, the one who denied Jesus just a few weeks before, when he denied Jesus that he knew Jesus, now, Peter, who had been restored, he steps forward in the power of the Holy Spirit and he begins to preach to all the crowd that had gathered to see what was going on. He began to preach about to this crowd about Jesus, about the fact that Jesus was alive, that Jesus died on the cross, but he rose again and he did it so that everyone could find him and accept him as Lord and Savior and have eternal life. He begins preaching this powerful gospel message. You know, I love the fact, even with this, that, that Peter was, wasn't somebody who had learned all the scriptures. He didn't know anything about that. In fact, Peter was just an ordinary fisherman who had followed Jesus around. But yet he comes uh, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He has this new power, this new boldness, and God gives him the words to say. And he tells all these people about Jesus. And it's not only people, uh, Peter, but time and time again throughout the Gospels, throughout, uh, throughout the book of Acts, you see that these ordinary men and women, they are filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to preach the gospel. After they pray and call upon God, God responds, empowers them and they go out to preach the gospel. And you know, it's important, I think, for us today, just in passing right now, I think it's important for us to, to even spend some time just looking at the message that the early church preached. You know, this gospel message, the gospel actually means good news. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ and our world desperately needs good news. We're living in a bad news world and we need to be a good news people. But you know, this, this gospel message that they shared, actually it looks a little bit different to the message that you and I share. You know, the Bible says that the power, the gospel has the power to change lives. The gospel has the power, power to transform lives. 
In fact, we don't need anything else, really. We just need the power of God and the spirit of God and God will do the rest. But, you know, this message that the gospel, that the, the apostles preached, that the disciples preached, it wasn't a complicated message. And it's not a message that, that has been altered and changed like it has today. You know, oftentimes the gospel message that we hear today is, it's a watered down gospel. It's a gospel that's been added to, the, the church traditions have been added to it. But you know, when we go back, and I believe we should go back to look at every occasion when the, the disciples preached in the book of Acts the gospel. When we go back and look at the real gospel, which produces real results and spiritual fruit and salvation, then we'll actually see that it's a simple gospel, but it's actually a bit of a different gospel to the one that's being preached today. And I believe it's the one that we need to get back to. So you might say, I want to be able to preach this gospel, but what is the real gospel message? Well, it's very simple. The gospel message is the good news about Jesus, that Jesus came to this earth as God, fully God, fully man, and he went to the cross for you and for me. He bore the sin of the world upon himself and he went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. Then the Bible tells us that three days later, he rose again. That Jesus is alive. He conquered sin and he conquered death. And that if we would repent of our sin, if we would turn away from our sin and put our faith in Jesus and ask him to come into our lives and be our Lord and Saviour, then we can know the forgiveness of sin and we can receive the gift of eternal life. That's the gospel message. You know, I remember hearing Pastor Jim Simula, the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle, he once said that the gospel should be so simple that it should be preached within four minutes. If you can't preach the gospel in four minutes, he said, then that's the, not the real gospel. And you know, I remember even hearing the real gospel at the age of six. At the age of six, my father read it from the children's Bible and I understood it, what Jesus did, that I had sinned, that I had messed up, but God loved me so much that he took the punishment that I deserved so I could be forgiven. And you know, when I heard that, I asked Jesus to come into my life. I knew that he was alive and I wanted him to come into my life and be my Lord and Saviour. The gospel is simple enough for children to understand, for every single person to understand. That is the real gospel. And we need to get back to the real gospel. And as I said, it's not just the responsibility of the pastor or of an evangelist or some conference speaker. The call of God is for each and every one of us to preach the gospel. God has called you to preach the gospel. It's very simple. It's very simple, but God has empowered us and called each and every one of us to do it. And you know, I love the fact that when we pray, when we call upon God, God comes, he gives us his, this boldness, he gives us this courage, and then we can go out and preach the gospel. You know, you see it again in Acts chapter 4 when Peter and John had been preaching about Jesus, preaching the gospel, the true gospel. And many people came to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, but then they faced persecution for it. They were released you know, God moves in incredible ways. They were released from prison and, and they came back and they met with the church and they all began to pray together. They were afraid that, you know, should we go out and keep preaching this message because we're facing persecution? But again, they come back together and pray. And in Acts chapter four, we see that after they prayed, the Holy Spirit comes. The Bible says the place where they met was shaken. They were all filled with brand new boldness and they continued to go out to preach the gospel. And it wasn't just Peter and John, but every single follower of Jesus began to preach the good news of Jesus. You know, when the church prays, the gospel is preached. 
That's what we need to get back to. That's another reason why we need to pray. Yes, we need to pray for the lost to come to know Jesus. But they come to know Jesus when the church begins to preach the gospel. You know, I love what it says even in Romans chapter chapter 1 and verse 16. Paul, the Apostle Paul says that the, the gospel, he's not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel, when we preach the gospel, people find Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Our world needs to hear the gospel. Your family members and friend needs to hear the gospel. Maybe you today, you need to hear the gospel because unless people hear the good news of Jesus, then they will go to a lost eternity. They'll go to the place of hell. That is the reality. That's what the Bible teaches us. And I don't want any person to go to hell. And God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He wants every person to come to know him. That's why he died on the cross for the whosoever, no matter who you are, no matter how much you've messed up, no matter what you've done, Jesus loves you. He forgives you and he's there with open arms ready to receive you. You can have a new start in him and you can have the gift of eternal life, knowing that you'll spend all of eternity in heaven with him. We, Our world needs to hear the gospel. So as we come to a conclusion, when the church prays, then the gospel is preached. There's this new boldness to preach the gospel and to make Jesus known. The real gospel is preached. What happens when the real gospel is preached? Listen to it again. Acts chapter 2 verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptised and added to the church that day. 3,000 in all. What happens when the gospel is preached? The lost are saved. I don't know about you, but I long to see people come to know Jesus. Those who are far away from God come to know God. Their lives are transformed. They receive this new life. They find their purpose. They find why they were created. They know the forgiveness of sins. They know hope. They know life. They know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. And you know, I really believe that we as a people, we need to get preaching the gospel again. You need to preach the gospel. It's for each and every one of us to do it. So when the church prays, the gospel is preached and the lost are saved. That's why we need to pray. We need for fresh boldness. We need fresh courage. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And God will give us the words to say, to preach that simple gospel message. And I believe as we do that, people will find Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. And I believe you can know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour as well. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.